Hello, fans, and welcome to Hoosier Hoopsteria, a podcast about basketball from the biggest basketball state of all, Indiana. Let's meet your hosts for this podcast. First, hailing from the mean streets of Frankton, Indiana, a St. Francis University alum and Hoosier State basketball legend in his own mind, Austin, better known as Dad. His running mate is a lifelong Hoosier fan, basketball player wannabe, and an average high school assistant basketball coach from the east side of Indianapolis, BJ, or better known as Charlie. What's up, Dad? Welcome back to the next episode of the Hoosier Hoopsteria with Charlie and Dad. Dad, what's happening, babe? Oh, you know, just hanging up here in the fort. What about you? Oh, man, down here in central Indiana, it's a beautiful day. It's windy as all get out. I'm quite literally sure that one of my children blew away on her way home from school today, but she's all right. She made it. She flipped it on. She flipped it and turned on the game face, and she made it home. So we got a lot to cover. You know, you just tell her to compete, don't you? Oh, man, you listen, when things get tough, the answer is compete. And so all of our all of our listeners out there, tonight's coachism of the night. Just compete. You know, if you've ever played for a coach, but especially basketball, they have they have ranted on and on about competing. We're going to compete. Just compete. Come on, compete. That's that's the coachism of the night. So we're going to see who can Work that into the conversation better, especially with our guest tonight, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But we got a couple things we got to get through first. We got some we got some business to get through here first, Dad. We got uh, NCAA tournament underway. We got? We got, we're down to we got? we're down to the Sweet Sixteen. We've got Indiana high school basketball ready for the state finals coming up. In that, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend, getting a week in between. We've got the Fran going to the NAIA Final Four. University of St. Francis. We've got all kinds of stuff happening in the hoops world, and we are we're going to have to address a bunch of that stuff. So let's let's get right into it. First off, IU is still looking for a head basketball coach. What are your thoughts? I don't even know where to start with it. I guess just let it all out. Well, I'm going to let it out, but it really doesn't matter because. Dolson is the only one that knows, so I don't know why we're continually – you and I talk about it because we're SDs, but I don't know why well, yeah. we keep reading all these other random random blog, bloggers and websites and all these other things that think they have the coach narrowed down. Like, oh, Brad, Season, Brad Stevens said no to the job. Really? I don't know. What's he supposed to say? Hey, I'm going to take the job. It's March, but hey – um, Boston Celtics, this great, glorious franchise. I'm gonna go take this job and not even, not even let you guys know ahead of time that I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna let you know in this press conference. Like what? What are we talking yeah. about? Yeah, I think I think the IU, the IU Nation, Hoosier Nation, of which I am, I am definitely a part. Right, go Hoosiers! I am all about the Hoosier Nation. We couldn't tell. But, I think I think that IU Nation needs to legitimately. You remember the old Aaron Rodgers when it was like the first weekend and in, in the a couple of years ago and the Packers lost and he was all like, "Relax," and he like spelled it out and everything. Do you remember that? I don't know. Are we talking about practice? <laughs> we ain't talk about no, no game. We we t- we talking about we talk games. about 
practice. We talking about practice, man. <laughs> but I think I think that that's what IU IU fans need to do right now. They need to relax. Look, you either trust Scott Dolson to run this this program, I'm talking the entire athletic department. You don't, and if you don't, go find another school to support. This is our guy now. He got rid of the guy you wanted him to get rid of. Different. All rumors, you know, turning over every rock to find out who the best person for this job is. And Indiana fans are freaking out. And it, I got to be honest with you, it's time for Indiana them to relax. Fans, no, don't put me plural. I'm out on that. I'm not a part of that group. Well, I'm saying not, neither am I. <laughs> but I'm saying a vast, a huge number, or at least the vocal minority, maybe, the idiot squad of yeah. fandom. He's in full effect freaking out about this, and Aussie, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. God, well, like, what are we doing? Like, either trust the dude or you don't. I mean, somebody trusts him enough to give him, like, $20 million to make this happen. Yeah, but look. That guy's right, lead. Here's the deal. Here's what, here's here's the big, big picture. We paid butt-ton of money to get rid of this dude. <laughs> like, don't care, because I was in on it. You know, no, I'm. I did. I wasn't in on giving the money, but I was in on him being gone. Right, right. But what it comes down to is, okay, the tournament is in Indianapolis. Yeah. One last weekend, we could not hire a coach and blow up the the media because we finally picked a coach. Like first weekend, like we can't ruin the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Not when it's at home. Not when it's at home. No, no. True, I agree. Second, you had to let all these little blogger crap shoot, whatever you want to call them. Blogger boys? Are you going to call them Dan Dockett's blogger boys? I don't want to. I got to come up with another term. SDs. (laughs) SDs. You know, go on about who they think the coach is going to be. Like, what are we talking about? It's it's not even been a week. So all these coaches are like, well, this guy's got to wait on to uh, – what was the one? It was Beard versus – who did Texas Tech just play? Was it – Saturday or Sunday. Whoever it was, it was like two oh, coaches. Arkansas, Muscleman. Muscleman. Yeah, Muscleman versus Beard. Whoever wins is going to move job. on. Whoever loses is going to get the IU job. Like, what? I know. It makes sense. The narrative, the narrative is not good, and IU yeah, we, fans are not making it better. You know what? We paid ten grand to uh, watch Beard, 10 Mu- whatever. Ten million, yes, ten million to watch <laughs> Beard and Muscleman coach Mano Mano, and the loser gets the Indiana job. Yeah, when you say it like that out loud, often that just makes too much sense to to not do it that way. So. I'm going to ask you to stop using (laughs) reason and rationality, and I'm going to ask you to jump into the deep end of the crazy pool where most, at least most of the people that are saying stuff publicly are are living. So, all right, we're going to move on from that. We'll have a special, we'll have a special episode. True or false, Austin, special episode, if and when the Indiana University Hoosiers name a new head coach. I I got to ask my wife, but hopefully she says yes. If Mrs. Aussie says yes, we'll do a special <laughs> episode. So it's all riding on. There's a lot of things riding on this. We got here's a lot of pressure here. We got we got to make sure we're on top of that. All right. So NCAA tournament. We're down to the Sweet 16. 
great first weekend, I thought. Great first weekend, some very entertaining games, lots of upsets. What were your main takeaways from that? That I never want to bet again. Dude, seriously. <laughs> a rough weekend on the wallet for sure. Like, I'm going to have to find some new uh, – New people to follow that are telling me how to bet because everybody was wrong. Day one went well for Aussie. Day two did not go so well. I was the opposite. I was the opposite. Day one, I was oh man, I was I was sweat sweating. I was stressed out. Day two, I was like, yeah, this is exactly how I thought things would go. And day three and four, uh, getting second round, they, they didn't help me a lot. They didn't help me. A lot. Illinois losing to Loyola really hurt. Really hurt Charlie. I actually sent a buddy a text and said, I'm withdrawing my account. I'm never betting again. A good idea. I mean, if we're being just like adult about it, I wouldn't that's say not really, <laughs> it's not really, it's not really how we roll in the same sentence with us, but I, I was, that's not really how we roll when it comes to this kind of thing. But uh, I definitely think that, that betting on the NCAA tournament this year is legitimately gambling. Like, there's none of that. No, I don't care how much hoops you know. You did not have Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. I swear, I think it was like the first eight games on, what was that, Friday? Hit the under. Does that even make sense? It was crazy. The entire NCAA tournament to this point has been bonkers. It has legitimately been March Madness. I wish I could do it. I'm going to have to work on a Jim Nance voice. That's going to be my next voice I work on, Austin. Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Well, as soon as you get it down, I want you to introduce us on the pod. We'll have to go Jim Nance Nance introduction. Yeah, man. All right. Well, we might have. I don't think our listeners know that you actually do the intros, do they? Oh, sure they do. And it's not that solid. It's not that solid. Once upon a time, it was it was like on point when I was listening to fish all the time. Could you at least explain to the listeners why your name is Charlie? That's a good that's a good question. So any of our listeners who have ever listened to episode one, two, or three, uh, but especially episode two. Episode two we had on our former head coach when we coached together at Noblesville High School, Brian the Rain Man McCauley. And uh, the first summer that the Rain Man before he was the Rain Man, he was actually B Mac. <laughs> and B Mac uh, we were at summer camp, and BMAC is a bit obsessive compulsive about certain things. And I don't want to—I don't want to disparage him. He's a listener, okay? Uh, we love BMAC. He's a part. He's a part of the the group, the groupies. Definitely, definitely. He is a every week listener for sure. Uh, he's one of our twenty-five every week listeners. Anyway, he uh, was counting some shirts, camp T-shirts that we gave out, and I said, "Dude, there's two hundred fifty of them. It says on the box." And he said, I got to make sure. Okay. And so he started counting them. And then he did something. I don't remember what else. He started counting something else like 10 minutes later. It was something else. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm counting whatever. And I go, what are you, the rain man? (laughs) (laughs) And I walked out of the office and one of the other assistants, we'll just just call Giggles for now. We won't out him. One of the other assistants is standing out there, and he says, did you just call him Rain Man? And Macaulay, Coach Macaulay, BMAC, says to me, not the first person that said that. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we not talk about that story with RM? 
I don't know. I don't know. We didn't, but we lost it. And so then it became you guys, actually, the rest of the staff is actually who said I was Charlie because I am Rain Man's brother who's always like getting (laughs) mad at him and barking at him. And so that was where Charlie came from. It ran from there. You should probably tell us why you're dead because you're younger than me and you're dead. I know, but yours is way more funny, more whatever. English grammatically correct it is. Yours is better than mine. So when we coached together at Noblesville, (laughs) Giggles and I would be getting up shots and guys would come out and I would have this little sweat thing right above my stomach. And they'd be like, coach, like, you got to lose some weight. <laughs> I would say, guys, like, I'm working on that dad bod. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. And this was the time where on social media, social media was big. blowing up about the dad bod. Dad bods were big. And, and you, so you I, exemplified yeah. the dad bod for our players. And so as a result, you will forever be known. Yeah. Dad. Like, who wouldn't want to roll around with a little bit of sweater up above their belly? Like, come on, beach. <laughs> it was it was epic, and it's how we got. It's how we became the idiots that we are today, Charlie and Dad. A lot of fun that we've had. Well, Austin, we're gonna have we're gonna have our second guest ever tonight on the pod. Man, who is second it? I'm guest ready. Ever. You want to know who it is? Yeah, I really want to know, know who it is, is. Do you? No, I don't. I'm ready. Well, you better get ready to compete. Compete tonight, Aussie. We got we got a I'm great leave, we got a great coach with floor. us. We gotta get fish we gotta get fish to come out and introduce this guy. Hang on just a second, see if we can call fish in. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight is hailing from the home of the Millers, Noblesville, Indiana. This gentleman grew up quite literally in the gym at Noblesville. The son of a coach. He, of course, became a basketball player and later an extremely successful coach in his own right. His first head coaching job came at North Putnam High School. After a quick two-year stop at North Put, he moved on to the legendary program of Rick Mount and the Lebanon Tigers. In his nine-year head coaching career, he amassed a record of 127 wins and 77 losses, winning three sectional titles for the Lebanon Tigers. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Hoosier Hysteria Pod. Stereopod, Dan Boo Nicholson. <laughs> Thank Love you it. for the introduction. Pod, Coach, how we doing? Oh, doing great, man. I am pumped up to be here tonight. That is true, uh, because this is this is just an illustrious podcast. I want you to know we're up to a steady regular listeners. We are we're taking the internet by storm. Well, it's, it, it's, it doesn't take long for people to catch on to something this great, and this thing's going to explode. It's going to shut the rock- internet down, isn't it? It's like a rocket ship. We're like on the rocket ship. ship. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Coach, man, first off, tell us how you're doing. We haven't talked to you in a bit. What's going on? Yeah, doing well. I mean, that's, uh, it's been a crazy year, but, um, you know, it, we, we're all surviving, and luckily we've got a lot of basketball to watch, both at the – high school, college, and pro level. And I think this past weekend, I probably put 
40 plus hours of college basketball in sitting on my couch with multiple TVs running like most people do. So um, can't ask for any better experience than that. For it all to be in Indianapolis is great. But uh, yeah, I, I miss the I miss the time hanging out. Um, obviously, being on a coaching staff and being around everybody all the time and then kind of going away from that uh, it takes some getting used to. But uh, but, you know, it is what it is. And uh, and glad I'm here now and, and talking with you guys again. Who you got winning it all, Coach? Well, I had Gonzaga. I mean, that's but yeah, I think that's the, the obvious choice, you know, yeah, out of the way they were playing. And voice or reason. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, yeah, no, no risk there. I um, <laughs> after watching them play, I, I, I'm more impressed now than I was. I didn't see them much during the regular season. I mean, I knew they were undefeated, yeah. but man, yeah. watching them in the tournament. They they've got some stuff that just is is pretty impressive from a coaching they're, standpoint, play standpoint. Yeah, they're legit. I don't think I don't. They think, compete uh, better than anybody else in the country. I'll tell you that. Absolutely, they are. They are absolutely bringing it. Uh, anybody who can pull off the hun- handlebar mustache, you got to do it. I was going to say, is Gonzaga leading? Is Gonzaga uh, the history of the Zags under Mark Few? Have they had? college program had more famous bad mustaches you got adam morrison <laughs> yep. with the 19 like 70s i don't even i'm not even gonna say you know adult film star type <laughs> of adult film star i will tell you rick patino will tell you <laughs> i will ask slick rick later uh when we get him on the pod you know yeah, we'll get him on the pod he'll let us know <laughs> and then uh we've got and then you got this dude what is Timmy, is that it? Is, is yeah. Timmy, Tim, Timmy, yeah. I think, yeah. Dude can hoop. Well, I, I love the fact that coming out of the regular season, he'd had a great year. He shaves the beard down to the handlebars. I mean, that's a bold move for round one because if you get beat, man, people are people are all over you. And uh, now he's pulled it off. You can't rock handlebars and care. I'll tell you that right now. What's that, Dad? You can't rock handlebars and care. Well, I guess About if you're anything. that good, you, you don't have to care. <laughs> That's true. He, he's, he's legit. I did not realize Just that he was that good. Roll that into me. Yeah. I can actually use both hands in, that, in this place compared to another certain player that we have down south. I'm not going to say gonna, who You're not going to name names any tonight. We're not, gonna call, we're not going there tonight. We're staying popular <laughs> tonight. We're just – what did we say? Relax. We said we were going to compete last time. We're going to compete. Compete, but not yet. The Hoosiers right, are not right. competing right now. They're done competing. The I'm IU women's competing. team – Dad's always competing. Hey, the IU women's team is playing some really good basketball now. Man, they are. Yeah. Their, their defense has been impressive in the tournament. I think 46 tonight and under 40 the other night. I don't know if they can keep that up, but defense wins championships, boys. That's exactly right. That's we 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 don't know much about that, Coach. We're, we're not, we haven't won a lot of championships between us. All right, so we got we got to interview you, Coach. We we've been wanting to have you on. You know you're you know you're one of our favorites. We had a blast together uh, as a high school coaching staff. We just told the story of how I became Charlie uh, because <laughs> Rain Man was Rain Man. And I introduced you, and I said, Dan, Joe Boo, Nicholson. And so I don't even know if you remember how we started calling you Joe Boo. When Actually, before you joined us on a day-to-day basis, when you were coaching the youngest group, 
uh, the freshman group when you first came back on and we would say something and, and the rain man would just look at us like we were stupid and we would say, and then you would say the same thing. <laughs> he would say, that's a great idea, Dan. And we were like, Dan is the voice of reason. We got to say it. We got to get we Dan to say. to say whatever we want to say. I think there was a stretch where you guys were coming to me saying, hey, do us a favor. Make sure and throw this out in conversation because we need him to hear it from you. We've told him 10 times. He didn't and want to listen to Charlie and Dad. Like, well, let's and be that, honest. Nobody does. I'm just, I'm just upset that we didn't actually get the little figurine and put it in the locker during those. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if I could have found one, if I'd have been a prime member in those years, the chances of that not happening. I mean, there's no way. I would have been all zero. over it. Yeah. yeah, I had you to probably discover one in your classroom now. I should have sitting on my desk. Yeah, we. That's we're getting. We're sending one to him for his birthday. It's happening. Order it. Order it, Dad. It's got to be ordered tonight. Uh, it's coming to NHS in the box. It's going to awesome. be outstanding. I can't wait. That's All awesome. right, so we got to ask you a couple questions. First one, we <laughs> always we always start with our guests with uh, their relationship with Charlie and Dad. So we got you. We got you. Got to be honest. Okay. Gotta be honest now. First thoughts when you joined the staff, the varsity assistant Charlie and the JV. Well, actually, the other varsity assistant yeah. at the time, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dad. I I'll be honest. Like my first thought was like, what the hell have I gotten into? Because it was, I mean, it was the it was it was the nicknames. It was the, the you know SDs, and it was the. I mean, it, it took me. It took me a couple of weeks just to follow a conversation and figure out who we were talking about, what we were talking about. <laughs> and I was coaching freshmen, so I wasn't in on a lot of the practices and the film and, and the other nine or ten hours you guys spent together. But I, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of like, oh, man, I, I was kind of glad I got to go down to the other end and had my own <laughs> practice. I was like, I can control this. Like, I'm okay. But uh, I'll tell you, it, it didn't take long with our staff, and we had – the sad thing was when I walked into that, that coach's office, I think I was the oldest person in the room and I was looking around thinking, you know, gosh, we got some guys that are coming up and, and you've been there uh, a long time, Charlie, with, with several groups. And so I knew a little bit about your background, but Austin, I didn't know much. And so, you know, kind of learning a little bit about, you know, where they came from and their, their history. And, but you could tell there was a passion and you could tell there was a competitive spirit and you could tell that, they cared as much about the kids as they did about wins and losses. And I mean, once I saw that part of it, I mean, it was a, that was a, a buy-in to, to the nth degree because it, they were on, you guys were on the same page and the same wavelength as, as what I had always been in, no matter whether I was an assistant or as you mentioned through my varsity time. So, you know, I came in there just trying to kind of figure out, okay, how can I help? You know, what can I do to, to, to make things better, to help along the way and, um, try not to step on any toes because even though I was the oldest person in the office, I wasn't, like you said, I came in as a freshman coach. So um, I had to understand I had a role <laughs> to play as well. It wasn't, wasn't to come in and, and try to make every decision or, or you know, have a say on every thought that was being bounced around the room. Mm -hmm. Well, we, I mean, we, we, I mean, from jump, as soon as you came on and, and because I, you know, like you said, you and I had crossed paths, you know, sure. I'd been in Nobles a little while. You'd, you'd taught in NHS for a long time and knew your kids, obviously, coming up through the, through, the, through the middle school. So I always had a great deal of respect. And then your dad, you know, 
you know, Coach Nick, you know, senior, um, sure. had I had met him on a couple of occasions with with the previous staff with Coach McCullough, um, and was just like, man, this this is a great basketball family, right? Like that's that's one of those really cool things I think about your family. You guys are a great basketball family, and you, you just you all get it, and you work at it, and you love, like you said, you love the kids, and I think that's the part that always drew me back to coaching. That's the part I miss. Uh, the most is those relationships with the guys and, you know, and, and then the staff, like just the fun we would have going on scouting trips or sitting mm-hmm. around the office, you know, making fun of Rain Man, you know, things like that. Like that. Yeah, but can you name something? And giggles and giggles. Can you name something better than coming to that locker room when you beat somebody that you probably shouldn't have and all the time that you spent? And it's just like, man, like, let's get weird, like chest bumps and. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Rayman, Joe Boo, and Giggles. Let's get it. Yeah, well, it was it was, the, it was that stuff, and and going to the camps and doing you know, like working in the summer. I mean, you you guys know, and most people probably listen to this know. I mean, the hours aren't two you know two hours a day from three to five for practice. It's you know four or five hours a night sometimes with planning and prep and watching film, and then in the summer you're spending. 20 or 30 hours a week uh, together. So if you don't have fun, <laughs> if you don't have that kind of relationship, you, you'll yeah. either go crazy or burn out in a hurry. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was a part, I think when I was a head coach, I had that experience. I, I had great assistants and they, we, we had a great bonding and, and getting onto this staff, that was kind of figuring out how I could fit in. And, and that sounds odd, but every group has its own dynamic. And so you had to f- kind of figure out, what people's triggers were and what you needed to do to kind of, you know, get information across in the right way and, and communicate it in the right way. And, you know, that, but those are the fun things. Those are the times when you look back and you're like, Holy cow, we had, we had a lot of good times when we were on the sidelines or on the bus or in a locker room or wherever it might be. And uh, definitely miss those days. I mean, that's uh, yeah. I, I, I miss coaching for two reasons. Number one's the kids. Um, absolutely. You don't get a better relationship with kids until you're a coach and you spend that much time working toward a common goal and they know that you, you care about them and you're trying to help them. And then second is the relationship with the staff, because it's just, um, you know, I think that that's what you, you have to have a good time there. Like I said, you're spending so many hours. If you don't, it's, you're going to be ready to walk out the door and never turn your back. Yeah. Last very long. That's for sure. So well, talk, uh, coach, let's go back. Let's go back to your, you know, your upbringing. Like we said, you, you literally grew up in a gym. I mean, your dad was a, a long, long time coach. Um, let's go back to kind of when, when did basketball become, you know, not just like what dad did, does, but what you loved and what you wanted to do. That's a, it's a crazy question because that probably, that love probably didn't really kick into where I wanted to follow that path until late into high school or maybe college. Um, okay. I think it might've even been, you know, when I, when I left high school and went to Ball State, I think there was a, a period there cause I wasn't playing. I wasn't as good as, as dad bought over there. I couldn't play at the next level. So, you know, I was in the intramural <laughs> world. Not everybody has this body. I know I was in the intramural <laughs> world talking trash, doing that type of stuff at 19. So, um, I think being away from it, I kind of looked around and went, man, this, I, like you said, I've been around this for as long as I can remember. And we moved to Noblesville when I was five years old. And, um, you know, I, I remember just going to the open gyms. I was back before AAU and all that. We did open yeah. gym four nights a week in the summer, but it was truly just come in and you couldn't coach. You just rolled out balls yep. and we'd have 
30, 40 guys show up at open gym, adults and kids and from all over the county. And if you didn't win, you didn't stay on the court. But I mean, I grew up watching that and it was like, all of a sudden I didn't have that in my life. And I was like, man, I, I miss it. And that was kind of the time I'd already decided I was going to go into education. I actually didn't plan on it. But when I went to Ball State to schedule my classes, I changed to education. And um, and then from there, I just had the goal of trying to get into coaching. But it's, um, you know, I my father and I, when you play for your father, it's an interesting experience. Um, yeah, I, I actually wanted to ask about that. So yeah. I'm glad you went into that. My dad, when he was he when he was here. to compete very hard, does he? Uh, well, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I never felt pressured. Like my dad was awesome in the sense that like growing up, I guess the thing that he got on me about was like, Hey, have you done your workout today? Hey, have you gone out and shot your baskets in the drive? Have you done your ball handling? Hey, if you're not doing that, you're not going to get any better. And I got tired. Compete hard. I got tired every day. Cause it was like, I mean, there were days where, you know, it was nine o'clock at night and getting dark and I had the lights on in the driveway out shooting because dad was like, hey, you need to get your, you know, your hundred. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, fine. And, you know, you're trying to be a kid, you're trying to time, but that was tough. And, um, you know, we I never felt pressured to perform like to be good. But I grew up in a time when Noblesville basketball was really strong. And so hey, you guys were good. I think there was that image in my mind that like, I want to be a part of that. You know, you want that. And I didn't even think about the fact like with my dad, because I'd always been there and he'd been the coach. I never really thought about it. And then I got into high school and it was like, dang, this is, is kind of odd. He, when you're at a school and you guys know this from guys you've coached with or coached or played for, when you're at a school for a period of time, you build up enemies. I mean, it yep. doesn't matter who you are. You you have parents that don't like you because you cut their kid. You have. Are you talking about Carmel? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I grew up internal in natural hatred for them that will never go ask him for um, a friend. It doesn't matter. But, uh, the when I got to that point that like I got to high school, there were a lot of people in Noblesville that didn't like my dad, and I was an easy target. And so there was a yep. time period my junior and senior, my really my junior year, where there were a lot of letters to the editor and the newspaper back and right. forth. Why is he get? Why is he playing? Talking about me and wow. my dad. Why? And then another one would be in about you know Nicholson's done it. Talking about my dad, he's done a great job. And you know it even got to the point where you know there were people in the crowd that would be vocal when I would come in and out of games. And you know I, as a player, you tune it out. I feel bad for my mom. Um, my yeah, mom oh yeah. My mom was. And still is. I mean, I called her over the weekend or on Saturday. My dad was calling games at semi-state level. And she had a game on the radio, an NCAA game on, and was following the <laughs> high school games. I mean, she's that she loves the game just as much. But she had to listen to it as a fan. Where yeah. Dad and I, once I stepped on the court, I kind of tuned it out. I, I yeah. heard it occasionally, but most of the time not. When I got done playing – my bond with my dad has been unbelievable. Um, you know, it's, it's brought us We're I would say if not best friends in that range, because we, we've been through so many things together. Cause then when I started coaching, he came on my staff immediately as a volunteer. Yeah, he was driving from Noblesville. He was still teaching. I believe to North putt. He would drive to North putt every day for practice. Oh my God. Dude, that's Jeez. a drive. And, and he would he would come over there for practice, and the only night he wasn't – he would come to all our games. The only time he wasn't there was when he was calling games for Channel 40, which is – he started that pretty much right after he got out of coaching. And then he continued that through all my time at Lebanon as a, a volunteer assistant for us. And, you know, that bond 
we'll, we'll never take a beating because it's just something that we went through together. And, um, you know, there were, there were ups and downs as with any family, but he was really good about not bringing it home, you know, after games, after practices, we, he'd, he'd bark at me as much in practice as anybody. I probably felt like he barked at me more, but it, honestly, that was just a high school kid reaction. Uh, but once we went home, we sat down, we ate dinner and life went on. Hey, Dan, this isn't, uh, not compared to the NCA, but what do you think the Buddy and Jim Beheim relationship compares to to you guys now that so you guys just were competing for, you know, you start out as like a sectional championship. They're competing like nationally. Like how yeah. do you think that compares? Well, I th- I think he's going through the same experience to a certain extent. I mean I, I would say the Syracuse faithful crowd are very supportive, but he's an easy target for anybody that doesn't like Syracuse and doesn't like coach. Um, but in that level, he's, he's had to prove himself to get to that point, you know, in high school, when, when as a sophomore, I played JV, I got to dress when it got sectional time. We actually had four guys. We dressed two for sectional and two for regional. I got to dress in one of the sectional games in my junior year. I played uh, varsity, but I was coming off the bench. We had a senior point guard that was pretty good, and I split time. And then I started my senior year. So, you know, there are always people going, well, he doesn't deserve that. There's somebody else better. I think in the Bayheim situation, when he first put him in, I'm sure he had that same thing. Like, look, yeah. I'm, if he doesn't yeah, like form, I'm, I'm going to catch heat. Um, you know, and I, I was very fortunate. I coached for an, as an assistant for J.R. Holmes back in 94 to 96, and – that was the year. My second year was his son Jonathan's freshman year at Bloomington South. Yep. And the J, the varsity assistant, and I was the JV coach, but we had to basically beg JR by about 10 games into the year to start his son because he was so <laughs> worried about the perception of starting a freshman that was his own. And he was coming off the bench and playing great. And finally, we got him to, to start him. And we ended up having a great run at the end of the season and got in the regional championship game that year with him. But he obviously went on to have a great high school career and, and went down to North Carolina and, and played a role there and is now coaching at the collegiate level out on the East Coast. Yeah. So, I mean, he, But as a parent, you want to protect your kid. You also don't want to you, – you don't want the criticism to fall back on you. So I think in the Bayheim situation, he probably tried that early on. He tried it a little bit to see if it was going to work. And um, and then obviously once he starts putting some points up, then it kind of speaks for himself. Um, yeah. Dude can, dude can feel Man, it. I'll tell you right now, that dude can feel it. Yeah. Uh, he, I see him, and maybe I'm crazy. I don't know if he's athletic enough, but I see him as like the, the next kind of Duncan Robinson. Like you know what I mean? Like yes, this kid who yes. comes out of nowhere and yeah. is just bombing threes in the NBA. I mean that's what the NBA game has become so much of. Yeah. I don't know if, if he's a long-term guy, but I don't know. you got to yeah, give him a look. I don't know enough about him to know athletically on defense and, and rebounding, but, man, he can he can shoot the ball. And I don't know. But when you can do that, there's a value there. That's I'm not exactly good, right. <laughs> I'm not a very good coach, but I like if guys can make shots. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, like it, you like it when guys can mix in a make like every now and again. Yeah, yeah, just mix it in. You don't have to be very good, but just <laughs> mix in one every now and then. Mix in a few makes here and there, and we'll be happy. And just All compete. All right, Coach. Every game, every drill, you got to compete game, like crazy. You got to compete. That's what we talk about all the time. Compete, compete, compete. All right, Coach, we're going to go to your go to your Lebanon days for us. You got three sectional titles. 
Um, you, I not, now you and I got, got to be pretty close after, after dad left the program. That was when you and I really kind of, we spent a lot more time together as, as the well, what are you trying to say? Well, dad well, left actually opened up a spot. So I could move out of the auxiliary <laughs> gym. Um, so I never yeah. got a, a, a good thank you. <laughs> well, you left and I hardly heard from you anymore. I mean, you got up there and got around women in Fort Wayne and then all of a sudden you, like, you were gone. Why, yeah. Isn't that a good reason? Yeah, I get well, yeah, that's you did find your wife, that's true. <laughs> but we had, I mean, we had some good times and, you know, you shared some fun stories with me about your time at Lebanon, kind of thinking back on that. When you left North Putt, you went to Lebanon a little bit, you know, it's a bigger, bigger school, definitely major tradition. What was that like to go into walking? Because I just feel like walking into that had to be on some level a little bit daunting because you were a pretty young coach then. Absolutely. I have no idea yet to this day why Lebanon hired me. Um, and, and I'm not saying that bad way. The, the sports writer in Greencastle, because I was at North Putnam for two years. First year, we win five games. No kidding. On the, in one, of those game, one of those games, I was in Bloomington in the hospital because my first son was being born. <laughs> And my dad filled in for me. He canceled Channel 40 to fill in. So I don't even know if I can count that one on my record. <laughs> you can't. You on can't. Our team. But we win five games all year. Um, John Harrell says you can't count that. Yeah. Quick story on that. One, <laughs> my, wife, we're, we, my wife's doctor was in Bloomington, Indiana. We were living in Lisden. So any of you there in Indiana know there's a little yep. bit of geographic distance there. I get yeah. a call at noon that she was down for a doctor's appointment and she calls me at noon and says, Hey, my water broke. I'm on my way over uh -oh. to the hospital. And she says, you need to go to our house, which I'm going from Rochdale to Lisden, which is not toward Bloomington. I, to Bloomington. <laughs> I am flying. And so we get down there and it's Friday afternoon. They're supposed competing. to be a county rival. Big county game. We have pep session that afternoon. The kids are all fired up. So I'm calling dad. I'm going, Hey, is there any way you can come over and coach? I'm not going to be there. And I had a decent staff, but it, when you're in your first year of coaching, you don't really trust oh, yeah. everybody. You're figuring it out. And dad's like, yeah, let me see what I can do. So I get to Bloomington. I walk into the hospital, and this is about, I don't know, two in the afternoon probably. And may have broken a few laws down 37, but we got there without it. <laughs> we so don't tell anybody. I go in, and I'm like, the doctor comes in, and, and she's going, and she's, he's like, well, you know, she's not progressing real fast, but contractions are coming. I said, doc is there any way that I can get to Greencastle and coach and get back here before the baby's born? And he's honestly, and my wife's laying in bed right here. Having You're competing. Yeah. And she, and the doctor looks at me and goes, I'm not sure, but if I were you, I wouldn't try. <laughs> Probably the best advice I've gotten. So, and Daniel and you, and wasn't born until 5 a.m. the next morning. So I could have made it, but, um, you know. All reality, up. had you gone to the game, I would have screwed him up. No, no question. <laughs> that game, that game does not go your way. And and no matter what, somehow they're coming to you at halftime, and you're going, "What? Yeah, the baby's well, here." What ended up happening in the game? They won. We won that game. That was, you. that was one of our five wins. It was a county game. By I don't. How much though? Um, eight. I mean, it wasn't a nail biter, but that was a big so win. Because I, like I said, we'd only won. I think we'd only won at that moment three. So that and they they had kind of a traveling trophy in the county. 
So anytime two county schools, South Putt, North Putt, or Greencastle. You could have coached your way out of it is what you're we saying. We got the jug. So, I mean, that's <laughs> like, dad calls me and he goes, you won't believe this. He goes, it was like we were on state. He goes, families were getting their picture with the jug after the game. <laughs> the court. He's like, they were all fired. And I I'm, I was so happy for him, but I was like, oh, my gosh. So, anyway, back to Levin. I go five wins. I go nine wins. So, my second year, I'm, I'm nine and 13 or something like that. And I Lebanon job opens. Jim Shannon, legendary coach down. Absolutely. He's at New Albany yeah. now. Right? Yeah, he, he he had been at Lebanon for five years. He won a sectional in his fifth year, and he decided he was going to go while the getting was good. New Albany opened. He took it. So I apply, interview, craziest interview I've ever been in. It was like uh, like the meet town meeting at Hoosiers, I think. I walked in, and there was this conference. Room, I swear there are 20 people. No and way. kids. There's students, there's teachers, admin, there's board members, there's community First people. Interview? Now First I've been interview. in some crazy interviews, but round one. I got literally that was the only one I had. So I go in and I sit what down interview? in front of them. This is in the summer. It was in it was like in June. And uh, so I drive over there. It's like a 7 p.m. interview. So I get there and I'm nervous. And you know, because I've only coached really two years and I, I don't know. I did something right because they called me and said, hey, we, we'd like for you to come back. I think I did go back maybe and talk to like the athletic director and principal, but it was more just a verification. And they offered me the job. And, I, and like you said, it's Lebanon. And I'm thinking, man, Rick Mount and Jim Rosen still and the, the history and tradition. And um, here I come in, the guy from Greencastle Sports Writers, when I announced he writes this big article about how big of a mistake Lebanon's making by hiring this guy. <laughs> I, don't worry. We had, I've talked to him since to remind him. Okay, him. good. I was going to say, yeah. have, you, have you had a yeah. few shots at that guy? He's probably yeah. listening we, to the pod. We went back over and we went back over and played them. And I, we've had, we, we shared, um, I, we shared a laugh at that point, more at me at him than, than anything. But um, <laughs> I walked in, they graduated a bunch of people the year that, they won that sectional. And so I'm coming in, basically there's one returning starter. Now I take it back two returning starters and that's pretty much it. The rest of the guys had all pretty much been like JV or very limited varsity time. But I had a group of seniors that had been juniors on JV and you guys can attest to this. Like some of those guys are hungry. Like they, they've worked their tail for so long. They get their chance. Now's their, their moment to shine. And, um, wasn't teaching. They hired me to run the alternative school at the boys and girls club. So I'm not even in the building. I'm literally having to lock up the boys and girls club at three o'clock drive. To you, the know you, got, you know what you got to do, Dan? You got to compete. Got, you got to compete. I understand. You got to compete. So I, so I get, <laughs> I get to the school every day. And I mean, I don't, I, the only time I got to spend with these kids was in practice on the bus, those things. But these kids were just, I could tell you a dozen stories of problems I had that year, but they we'll touch, we'll touch on that competing. later episode. You, you talk about yeah. competing. Holy cow. <laughs> the ball went up, man. It was game on. And they were ready. We had a great season. We ended up winning sectional that year. Um, and we beat Hamilton Heights in the first. That was probably my my favorite memory because of being my first sectional, but beat Hamilton Heights, which um that was a really close game. And we were better than them, but we didn't come out and play well in that first night. And then we had to back that up. We played um, Westfield on Friday night because that was when Westfield was still 3A. They were right before yeah. this. And we beat them pretty easily, I think, by 10. And then we got Zionsville in the championship. That was our sectional at Frankfurt. And I'm like, 
yeah. man, this, this isn't an easy road. Well, we ended up uh, beating Zionsville and got the win. And, you know, that kind of set the tone for our program there that yeah. new coach coming in, Hey, we're going to, we're going to compete. We're going to do well. We're going to move on. And um, ended up that year, we were the playing field, won the state title with uh, Gavin yeah. Groning. Yeah. That that's my the, senior year. We were their only loss. Thankfully, you guys Groninger, beat them? Groninger had the flu the night we played him. We beat him at our place. Jabu just competes beyond yeah. anybody else. Yeah. I'm just he just brings he, it. He, so he we, got in, we were their one loss, and we got, we got beat by um, Muncie South at the Muncie Fieldhouse. And that oh, was shoot, it, Muncie South. That was it, it was a Friday ball. night, one-game regional, and we drew the 6 o'clock game on a Friday night at Muncie against Muncie South. And you guys got to drive up from Lebanon. Yeah. And That's we played well, but we, just didn't have, we didn't have good enough athletes. I mean, let's be real. It wasn't the timing of the game. We could have played them at, you know, 10 p.m. on a Saturday and had the same <laughs> whipping. But, <laughs> but they went on. Muncie South and Plainfield played yeah. the state championship that year. They so. ended up going to the state championship because I, I, that was my senior year. I remember yeah. those, those groups. Yeah, we, yeah they, were, they, were some, they had some dudes. They were good. They were solid. Hey. But we had a good we had a good run. I mean, like you said, we had I was there seven years at Lebanon. We had three sectional titles in seven years. Um, we won six conference championships or co-champions during those seven years. Um, and so I felt I felt like we we did what we needed to do. Our kids were were willing to come in and put in the work. And you know, we didn't always have the greatest athleticism, but we believed we were going to win every game. We, yeah. we were playing Carmel. Lafayette, Jeff, Muncie Central, Brownsburg, Avon, um, gosh, the list goes on. Harrison, I mean, Kokomo. We beat Kokomo at Kokomo. It was the first time they'd done that at Lebanon in like a long, long time. And so, oh yeah, that's we had some we had some teams on our roster that were or on our schedule that were it was a gauntlet to get through. Hey, coach, I'm gonna put you on the spot, and I don't know. Okay, I can talk to you about it, but why'd you get out? Yeah, good question. Um, two reasons. Right. First, I could say it was just all my own personal. And I, so we won the sectional year one. We lost year two. We come back, we win at year three, we win at year four. And then five, six, seven, we get beat. And honestly, we should have been, we should have won at least one of those probably with the talent we had. Uh, Burbuff came into our sectional during a part of that time. We had them. Yeah. yeah, we were holding for a last possession. Point guard strips my one of my best players with four seconds left on the baseline. He's going driving baseline for a shot. Kid strips him and goes coast to coast in under five seconds. Lays it in to beat us. Um, Damn. We had a couple others that just you know we just didn't we didn't perform well in the tournament that we should have. So we had a few people in our and and like I said, you build enemies. We had a couple people that didn't like me because I either didn't play their kid or whatever. We had a pretty small town mindset. The The community had the ear of the school board. So they called me in and said, Hey, what's going on? You know, what, what's going on with this and that? And um, I might say that we had raised voices with one of the school board members. That might be an understatement, but um, I kind of expressed my, my thoughts and I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like they were going to give me another year, but um, they you weren't. Do. And you so know what I love about this pod, Joe Boo. What's that? That we don't care. <laughs> oh no, I know. Well <laughs> like we're here to compete, you know. It's like we know like coaches work their balls off like we do. Yeah. And so all these people that think that the coach is out to get their kid. I know. Like they have they have no idea. 
Well, I'm sitting in the meeting. This is in 19 or no, I'm sorry. This is in summer of 2005 or spring of 2005. And one of the school board members is, is comparing us to Jim Rosenstill's teams, which was in the late seventies, like that. He, I think he was late seventies, early eighties when he retired. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, if you're thinking we're going to go back to what it was like when you had Rick Mountain, when you were playing, you know, four SD teams in your sectional and you were trying yeah, to, that ain't, I mean, that wasn't going to happen. And you tell us what SDs are, um, I don't know what they are. You don't know that? You know. <laughs> to episode one. Those of you that are on here, go back and listen to episode one to explain that to you. Um, so I'm trying to build up your listeners to podcast one. I love it, D. I love it, D. Yeah, I love it. The, uh, at the same time, my oldest son was, was five at that point, just about turned six. My younger one had been born. Um, I was going to camps in the summer and to clinics, and all of a sudden I'm, like, getting phone calls about – you know, how he did in his baseball game or how this was going on. And, and I wasn't there and I, it, all this kind of combined. And I'm like, man, it might be a good time to start looking. And by freak chance, all these things happen for a reason. We were on our way to Vegas, which is a normal summer destination for my wife and I. <laughs> we, we get on the shuttle bus in the economy lot at the airport and sitting across from me on the bus is Annette Petty, who was the principal at Noblesville High School at the time. And her husband and they were coming back from vacation and she goes hey she goes we've got a business opening at the high school and i said really i said you know i said uh, you know what are you looking for and you know she kind of filled me in and we were only talked for two minutes and i literally like i think when i got to vegas i called her and said hey i think i'm going to apply for that job and i still remember going to the interview and annette going are you serious about getting out of coaching because she knew my background and my family and she wanted to make yeah. sure wasn't using it as a, a tool to make Lebanon get me more money or do something. Yeah. But anyway, it all happened by chance and I end up going to Noblesville. So, so I don't know. I don't know if you remember this, Dan, but your, your summer, when you came back to Noblesville, that was my first summer in Noblesville also. Okay. The same, uh, new teacher. (laughs) In the junior senior in the senior cafeteria at NHS. Yep. And I can't remember who the elementary. Yeah, it is. It is. You're jealous. It's okay, Dad. Uh, But I I don't remember who the elementary principal was. He's since retired. But I just remember sitting there and thinking, got to be somebody else in here thinking what I'm thinking right now, which is, when can I just go get ready for my school year? Well, it's funny. I got the email on that and I called Anetta and I'm like, hey, I go, what's this thing about like new teacher meeting? Because at that point I had like 14 years of experience, 13, I guess at that point. She goes, oh, Noblesville mandates and everybody has to go. And I'm thinking I got 13 years of ex- teaching experience. And I got to go to two days of teacher orientation. I was like, what the heck? And, and she explained it. And I was like, but I was like, you, I'm sitting in that meeting just going, oh, my gosh, these are how I'm spending the last two days of my summer is listening to a parade of administrators. <laughs> that you're not doing forces with there, Charlie. You're probably hey, listen, afraid. I can wait for Charlie's teaching story many to times to be a part later. of the new teacher program, but they, you know, they, they, they don't want me to be the face of anything. That can get dicey. Well, that's just like now that you become an administrator, I just don't feel like you compete like you used to. Honestly, great. I, I would do. honestly tell you I compete harder than I probably ever have. I am. I am in more. I'm in more confrontations every day. Our, listen, our listeners I, do not I, know I the stories to. that I know. 
with you <laughs> teaching. They yeah, I was listen. It was a fun run, but it was it was time for something else. So, coach, we talked a lot about different things. You know, we got honestly, believe it or not, our biggest some of our biggest followers of this podcast are extremely young coaches. Sure, and they're 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 guys that I know that are coaching AAU and middle school and all that. And you're, I mean, we joke around about you being the voice of reason, obviously, but in all reality, we. I speak for Austin. I speak for Giggles. And, and of course, Rain Man, too, like we valued your input so much because you had see, literally seen it all uh, from a coaching standpoint. And and so what what would be your advice to a guy 26, 27, getting into this craziness that is coaching who thinks, man, I really want to be a varsity head coach? You know, what would be your advice for those kind of guys? I appreciate it. To be able to say that I've seen everything means that I'm old and I've been around a long time. I get that. (laughs) That was BJ's comment, not mine. Yeah, I got that. (laughs) I I recognize that, Dad. I appreciate that. The um, I I will say that, like, if I were talking to someone that was wanting to get in, there are some things that I would really encourage them. Number one, learn from everybody they can learn from. And um, I did that with the people I was head coaching under when I was with J.R. Holmes and Dave Young and Ron Hendricks, guys that had been doing it for probably longer than I'd been alive at that point. And J.R., funny enough, was talking about retiring when I was there. And he did. He was like, as soon as Jonathan graduates, I'm probably going to retire so I can go follow him at college level and this and that. And here we are now, well, maybe 20 some years later, and he's still rolling. 22. 22. So, so uh, semi states, man. They, I would tell them, I tell them to learn though. They really need, and I don't think I did a good enough job of learning from the guys that were on my staff early on. Like at North Putnam, I had some guys on there that um, I think really understood the game of basketball, and and I I probably looked at it like, hey, I'm the head coach, and I know what I'm doing. Don't try to tell me. I think I, I felt like I had to prove that. And I, and I think that was a bad approach by me. I think I, Steve Ruckman was one of my assistants there. And you guys may or not know that name, but Steve was a, a heck of a player up at uh, Rochester High School and ended up playing at Indiana State. And he lived in the community and wanted to get in coaching. And so I brought him on. He was a fairly young coach, and I liked his energy. But I probably could have learned so much from him and his experiences. But I, I just, whatever, at that young age, I didn't understand the value of that. Um, I think I'd tell them that they really have to work on building good relationships. I think that the relationships that I had with my administration, with my coaching staff, with my players, it, it allowed me to do what I needed to do because there were times where I was going to be tough on them. There were times where I had to love them up, but they always, I think, understood that I was there in their corner and that I was going to do the best I could for them. Um, you know, I, I just think that those and understand the time. I mean, you, the yeah. time commitment is is a huge issue. And when I was starting out, and and my wife was was a saint. She she allowed me to do everything I needed to do as far as scouting and being on the road and and gone hours at times. Um, they have to understand what that commitment's going to be and not yeah. feel like they can. They have to buy into it and not short it. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it's going to work for them. That's it. Those are all, I mean, that's great advice. I mean, especially the time piece. That's just, that was really hard in my marriage to start, you know, starting out. We didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I went from coaching seventh grade middle school girls basketball with this unbelievably loaded team. And I thought, dang, that is easy. Like I lost one game in two years. This is easy. And, 
And then I was fortunate. My high school coach said, Hey, you want to come, want to come coach me at, at LC? And I went from easy to we have the number one toughest schedule in the state every year. That's what we do. Yep. So wow, this is a, a big jump. And so I, I think, that's great advice for those younger guys. And I know th- those younger guys know who they are that I'm talking about. Cause I, I yell at them regularly about <laughs> how we need to do things as a, as a coach at, and, uh, and, and I think that's great advice and I appreciate it. All right. So coach, we got a couple other things. One more thing. They got to be themselves. I think when I started, like I tried to, like I watched college coaches and people I knew and I felt like I had to act like them on the sideline. Uh, I had yeah. to, I had to stomp. I had to be mad. I had to get on official. I mean, Looking back, like once I started to accept just like my style and do what I felt was good, I think I was a lot better off than trying to do, trying to play a part, trying to act the way that I thought a coach should act um, because it, it didn't work for me, but it also didn't work for our kids because they, they saw through it. They knew that that wasn't the way I was in practice or the way I was doing other stuff. Like if I'm Papa really? Lewis to the cafeteria, I got to be that guy all the time. I got to yeah. compete. Whether it's dusk or dawn, yeah, yep. you know I yeah, got to be absolutely. that coach all the time. Don't yeah, try to be somebody I mean, you're not. That's a good point too, and I think a lot of coaches do what you what you just talked about. We all try to we figure out who the coach is we want to be like, and, and especially when you're young. And sure. you, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Unfortunately, Dad, neither Dad or I ever got ever got a taste of running our own program, which is probably a good thing for <laughs> all three hundred <laughs> however many high schools there are in the state I'm of a Indiana. Good soldier. Uh, but you know, we, we would have, we would have definitely probably struggled with that as well. All right. So here's our last big question, coach. We asked this of every guest on the Charlie and dad, who's your, who's your hoop podcast. You got to tell us your best basketball atmosphere you've ever experienced. High school, college pro could be as a player, could be as a coach, could be as a fan. Okay. Favorite. My, uh, um... Yeah, we're putting you on the spot. That's I, I, I got I got to I, I got to default because it's a little bit my best experience. Like the coolest thing that I was ever a part to like being a part to witness was regional play at the Anderson Wigwam. Um, ah. we, <laughs> we we went up there. Now, we never won. We couldn't get out of that place. So I hated it in that regard as a fan and as my, for my father and for our team. But when we were going there in the mid eighties and you had Kokomo and Anderson and Noblesville and, and, you know, whoever else happened to wander in off the street, probably somebody like Frankton or Alexander (laughs) school that knew they'd gotten lucky to get there. But they, when they got to that point, I mean, like there's 8,000 people Noblesville back at that time. And and my second one was the Carmel sectional at that point, because on Friday night at the Carmel sectional, that thing was packed. We had to have a lottery at Noblesville to determine who got to buy tickets for the sectional. And I mean, that type of atmosphere, you just you get occasionally now you get it in some schools, some districts, but it's not as consistent as it used to be. Um, And then our home games like growing up Noblesville, because in the mid 80s, they had such good players through the time of Scott Hafner and Mark Roberts and Larry Simmons and John Carafa and that group Our we we Noblesville student body back. What year was it that they did the stormtroopers and all that, BJ? Well, that was uh, oh, oh, probably oh nine. Yeah, around yeah. that. Oh eight, oh nine. That student body was like getting airtime on TV from local yeah. state. It was so cool. Yeah, I believe I beat them when I was at the. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think so. I was on the staff then. I don't think so. Who's gonna remind you uh, that? Pilt pot. 
The oh. this is pre Philpot. This is well. This is way advanced. Philpot for lost, and we got issues too. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk so, about that after this. <laughs> the but that body back in that time, like that was the first time we had ever had like male cheerleaders on the sidelines, and these were just a group of football guys who decided to get up there and act goofy to get the crowd going. And we had mask guys, like we just had so much. The band was up in the top balcony, and it was it was just such a cool atmosphere. But I think. I think those full gyms at that time, and I know they were that way long before the 1980s, but that was kind of the heyday I remember because that was when I was like middle school, high schooler, and I yeah, still yeah. remember just walking into those places on a, a regional game at Anderson and looking around and thinking, man, there's there's 8,000 people in here for a high school basketball game, and they're going yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, no one knows what that is about. Not anymore. I mean, it's sad, man. People do, but they don't. Right. Man, well, back then, we didn't have much to do. I tell my kids all the time, Noblesville didn't have, that we didn't have a movie theater and bowling alleys and, and you know, jobs where all these kids were working and, you know, technology where they could go home and play video games for eight hours a night. I mean, everybody on Friday and Saturday nights, they went to high school events. And yeah, like I said, I mean, our, our home crowd at games, we'd have 3,000 plus packed in the gym for a, a conference game. Uh, how do know, you... How it was rowdy. Does it does it stay that way? What's that? Like, does the crowd stay that way, or do you think it can be fixed? No, I think I think what we see now, I don't think will be. I don't think we'll go back. Um, yeah. I like I said. I think if you had a team back in the the mid two thousand time when Noblesville had some really good talent coming through, and they were yeah. they were competitive, you're going to get a big crowd turnout. But I don't think Noblesville will ever get back to the point where they fill their gym on a night-to-night basis because in a school our size even, we just – our kids, I'll ask kids like, hey, what's going on tonight? And they'll be like, well, I'm, you know, I got to work or I, you know, I'm going yeah. to do this or you know, my – I think a lot of our – I don't know that a lot of our high school kids worked as many hours as the ones do now. Yeah. Um, so that, probably, that would – They just don't that see would, that as being a fun thing. That makes yeah. sense because – I would, I would argue that my where I grew up, they're going to go to games and stand and be idiots, whereas in Noblesville they're not. Right. Because cool. There's a lot more. There's a lot more things to do, and I can get a job. And yep. there's not any jobs in Franklin, Indiana, for like the student body. You know, like you go that's to just small being school. Real. You go to small school, rural schools where they have an exception, like Blackford, for example. When Luke yeah. Brown went through their last three years, they that school made so much money in the last three or four years because they were so, there were people lined up for tickets hours before game time, and they sold out every game. Now that he leaves, I'll be interested to see if they can maintain any of that or if their talent level goes back to you know kind of yeah. or below. Because if it does, the fans won't come in and watch. I mean, they're not going to come and support it. I will say that level for for some reason. I don't know why it is about Frankton, but they like just support like crazy. Sure. And it's not like it's not Noblesville. You know, it's like all right. There's your gym is thirty five hundred, and there's twenty five hundred there. Sure. Hoorah! You know, there's still like it doesn't sell out. Like, right. what else are any what are they doing? They're going yeah, well, I can, They're on their yeah. phone. They're they're yep. home playing video games. They're they're some of them are working. Some of them 
a lot of them, it's just, it's just not doing a school event is just not cool. It's not fun. Yep. They don't see that as being like, Hey, let's all get together and go cheer on our, our peers. I think it's just kind of a difference in mindset, but um, you know, I wish, I think that schools, like you said, Frankton and those, you're going to get schools that are always going to have great support. They're yeah, but it's like how they get the rest to combine. I think, you know, win. I think it's the same. Yeah. You got to win. <laughs> that's the win. biggest. And you got to win. You got to win and you got to win a lot, yeah. you know? And, and, and that's one thing that's interesting about our high school, you know, like our basketball program, and, you know, I would say we're, we're still competitive. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not winning 20 games a year, but I mean, we're not, we've not had a year where it's like five and right. But we'll pack that football stadium. Well, look you at know, their football stadium. Though. Football that's, stadium is packed because of special events. That's true. It's exactly, yeah. exactly what I was about to say. You football night on game traffic. one. You've got band night on night two. You've got homecoming on game three. You've got senior night on game four. You've only got one game a year at best that you don't have exactly. some special activity. You guys and sound that makes a, a huge like difference. Nevada. It's a huge, he huge a basketball school. He wants to coach at a basketball school. We lost him. We lost dad. Oh, no. Losing of dad. Dad is gone. He left the meet. We lost him. Well, that's just that's just the story of Charlie and Dad. We're just we're just SDs on a run, and you never know what's going to happen. But uh, Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. We're gonna we're gonna have to do this again. We're gonna we're gonna try to coax your dad into coming on with us too. We want to get both Coach Nicholson. There you go. That would be entertaining. I've put out. I'm efforting some other some other uh, coaching names. We're gonna see how that goes. But we're. Uh, we're on a roll. So, so you got Gonzaga winning the ship. Yeah. Do you have any of the upsets that took place? Did you pick? Not really. I, I honestly, my bracket is so busted that I can't even remember if I did pick any of the upsets. <laughs> um, I don't have anybody. I didn't have anybody that was a real big surprise going deep, to be honest. Um, you know, I had a couple minor upsets here and there, but nothing. I didn't pick like the Oral Roberts to make a run to the final no. four. If you, anybody tells me they did, I'm going to assume they're lying because that's uh, unlikely. You're full of it. Nobody's believing you. So, who do you uh, have in State 4A? Who do you like? I didn't really say 4A. I, you know, I hate to say this. This is this is mean. I most these schools. Yeah. Well, I, you know how I feel about Lawrence North and, and Captain okay. Jack, and he's a and I don't want to take Cap Jack is a heck of a coach. He's done amazing. He's had an amazing career. But I just – I don't want to see Captain Jack hold up a trophy. And I like Osborne a lot. Great guy. Tired of Carmel winning. So, if yeah. there's a way they can both lose, that would be, be fantastic. But if not, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to say Carmel won the regular season game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that DJ, uh, DJ Hughes and Shamar Avance and CJ Gunn find a way to get it done. I'm going to call – I'm going to say LN gets them. Okay. I would have gone Carmel. My, and my yeah. only reason is you give them two weeks to prepare. I think it's going to throw, I think it's going to throw LN's routine off. Yeah. Carmel is, is in a game like that. Carmel has always been able to control the tempo and control the, the pace. And if Lawrence North can figure out a way to get them up and down and go. Yeah. They'll, they'll be in good shape. I agree. But I don't I, know if they can. I'm with you. I don't yeah, know if they can. I'm bored. So. They, they're so. I, I. How about? I was shocked that Lafayette Jeff gave Carmel the scare. They gave him. Oh, Dad's back. 
Hey everyone. What we we bore you? I mean, my what's phone. going on here? <laughs> my phone died. Damn it. Great, great. You knew this. You knew how long the pod's going to be, and you, gosh. You know what, Austin? That just shows you're not competing tonight. You did not you compete what? tonight. You, know you did not. You did not compete at a high level tonight. I'm my team's gonna, listen, on the floor. Just, my team's on the floor. <laughs> my team's on the floor. I compete. Uh, so you just missed it. We were just talking high school. So Coach Nick's got Carmel getting the four A. I'm going LN. Who you going? I'm not picking Captain Jack. I'll tell you that right now. You're picking, you're picking the, the Hounds. Why do I have to pick against those two programs? That upsets me. Listen, I I just went. You missed my whole rant on how yeah. I hate them both. So yeah, like I haven't heard that before. It wasn't a good. It wasn't as good a rant as his IU rants, but it was it was good for high school basketball. I'm having to. I'm down on my Hoosiers right now. I'm trying to get. I'm All trying I know to, is Carmel competes better than anybody else. That's what I know. Carmel competes at a higher level than anyone else. That's 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 true. And you know what? Carmel knows better than anybody else that a quiet gym's a losing gym. So we got that. Going. <laughs> no, there's they got one going for in the state that knows that. Not not Carmel, but there's one person. I think I think that there's a really good chance that that, that Carmel gets it, even though I, I really don't want them to. All right, let's go three A. Who we got? Three A. We got Silver the Creek. Silver Creek. I don't Silver even want to talk anybody else. We got uh, who do they who do they got? They got Leo, um, Leo up from yeah. Up Leo here. did get South Bend. That's right. Yeah. Leo got South Bend. So who we got? Austin. Who are you going with? You going to Silver Creek? Silver Creek, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I I'd have to go with Silver Creek. They're, they're so good. I know nothing about Leo. No, you don't no, need to. You don't need yeah. to. I probably won't after. The state finals. You don't. You you don't even need to, no boo. Like yeah. you don't. Yeah. Is Leo? Yeah, I, I don't know anything about Leo either. All right, That's two scary. A. Two A. This one. This one. I'm a little fired up about. We got. We Why got are you fired up? Because the team that, that beat Chuckles is gonna is gonna play for the state title. They they, they well, got Chuckles there. Doesn't have a six nine dude that's going to Purdue. I know that's what I'm saying. I think Blackhawk goes runs away with this one. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, they're. Yeah. They're loaded. They're legit. They're legit. I don't think. No, I want to hear. It. I want to hear. It. You said that. You said that. Uh, no. Okay. Look. For, I said he, he can play for Purdue. I want to hear it. No, that's not what I said. I said. I said he's going to be a role player at Purdue. A role that's player. What I said. He is not going to be. He's not going to be the bigs that they have right now. He's. He's not played the size and strength day out that he's going to have to play and let's be clear we all know that i think matt painter is a better coach than anybody else in indiana right now i said that we should call him and ask him if he wants the iu job i said that what i mean that was that we've got that on record you did so uh, <laughs> so obviously he knows more than i know he's the only division one coach to tell his players to stop slap dicking around which validates everything you and i stand for dad um Everything I, we stand for. We stand for. Uh, so that I have to say, first is a heck of a player at this level. I just I don't know that he's going to be a great player at the, at the college level, and I, that's all I've ever said. I've never said he's going to be terrible. I would I would take him right now on the hoosh. Listen, right now on the hoosh, I'm not sure how who's many guys are going to be You're going to get five guys from the rec center before long. Just say the hype. Are you, you going to be, be there? Next, 
Like, <laughs> is the voice of reason going to be down there? Because if it is, then Charlie and Dad are going to be there with their Keep going. Trust me, they they need some reason, but it's um, they got to get some guys <laughs> back out of the transfer portal right now. Otherwise, yeah, exactly they're right. Be, they're they're yeah, We're gonna talk about that, Jabu. Let's finish this. Then we're gonna talk about that. Okay. So one A one A game blowout. Arive. <laughs> Arive is killing everybody. Okay, so I know I've lived in Indiana my entire life. Where is Bar Reef? Uh, not in Noblesville. I'll tell you right now, it's not. Down towards Shoals. I mean, it's, I was gonna say it's, it's down south. by Shoals, it's but I don't even know what like, what towns fill into this consolidated Bar Reef school that they want a school. Lord, I don't know on that one. Uh, <laughs> they got more. They got more six seven dudes than half the four A teams in the state. Yeah, they are, they're they're legit. You realize that they like, and you guys probably talked about this, but they had Carmel beat. Earlier this year. Yeah. At like, Carmel. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows that, Coach. No they one knows are, how good Bar Reeve is. They cool. just think they slow it down and make crazy stuff happen. They're loaded. They are a, they are a heck they're, of a team. They are between Lagodi and looks like South Washington, may or, or Washington probably. So maybe yeah. so they're probably they're probably big rivals with Lagodi then. Yeah, Lakoti's their big, their big one. Do you uh, think that coach down, just, just let's compete, roll the balls out, and just probably forward, like just compete, keep me, keep people in front, Chobu? Yeah, well, I don't know whether he did that or. I think they've played such organized, structured basketball for so long; it's ridiculous. But they. Um, when you when you like can bring, passes, when you can bring, when you can bring a one A when you can bring a one A program into Carmel or against Carmel and you can play them down to where if they don't make a mistake Carmel gets beat yep. and then you're going back and playing one A competition. I mean Tenley had a pretty decent year and they went to the Connor that was with Eric Connor right they went to the semi state they went to semi state and got smoked. So that they, one's was that the same year that they lost to uh, when Hunter was there that they lost to Lagodi or Bar Reef? I don't remember who who oh, got Hunter. I thought they Hunter's just, group. They won it. I know they got to the state finals. Yeah, they got. They were. Even if we have to think about it, it's crazy. Seems like they got. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that that's a, that's a heck of a that was a heck of a group. Yeah. All right. Because they just guard. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous program. They are so they are so good. I mean, year in and year out, they're so good. Mm-hmm. So it that, that's probably a pretty fun program to be a part of. It's probably one of those like community still just buys in. Everybody's a part of it. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it sounds we like something IU should do, but you know, good for them. Well, we can't control anything IU does. Aussie, relax. How many times do I have to say this tonight? Relax, relax. Dad's always it's gonna here. be. It's it's gonna be fine. That's the never. Juniors, listen, it, at worst, at worst, I all of our listeners would know in the first three episodes that Charlie, Charlie is a little. I'm totally upset. calm. I'm perfectly calm, dude. Calm. <laughs> I, wish, I wish people were looking at the same picture I'm looking at. <laughs> perfectly calm, dude. I'm calmer than you are. 
<laughs> all right. Well, Coach, man, thanks so much for your time, man. We really appreciate it. Please tell the family we all said hi. We, you know, we love we love the Nicholson crew. You guys are awesome. We will. And we we really appreciate you stay, spending time with the two idiots that are Charlie and Dad. Hey, love being on. Appreciate it, and I uh, look forward to listening in the future. All right, last question of the night to Coach Nick. Coach Nick, we have a running competition because we compete at all times on the Charlie and Dad Hoosier Hoopsteria pod. Every week we have a coachism of the week. What was the coachism of the week this week? Well, I would assume that it was probably to compete. That's right. You just compete. <laughs> so, Coach. You just leave coach, it on the floor, Coach. We just need Whatever to know you need, who you – who used compete better tonight in the combo? I think it was it was a pretty close battle, but I'm going to tell you who, how I decided who my winner was going to be. Fair enough. If I were in a situation in a gym that something started to go wrong, the person I was going to go back to back with <laughs> to get us out of that situation <laughs> is has to be the the competitor that is like not going <laughs> to leave my back unguarded. Like we're going to make right. it out the door. There might be carnage between here and there, but we're going to make it out. Yes, I'm, I'm guessing I know who this guy is. And and if I were going back to back with somebody, I think it would have to be Charlie. Um, <laughs> nothing, nothing against nothing against uh, Dad. No, dad uh, just isn't He's that. Got a body for a reason. And we got a little street fight in Charlie. I think. Right. Uh, I think we might be able to get out of there. You know. <laughs> you think. You got a chance. You got a chance to survive. He gets you out of there, regardless. You be on He get you out of there. That's true. I might not make it out, but I'd get you out because I I'm Joe going Boo down. Be there there were a couple times I thought we were going to have to do that while we were <laughs> in the coaching night. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I get a little stupid. That's true. It happens. <laughs> As we've as we've established on many occasions on this podcast, that I can I can lose it a little bit, but. Right now, You've never seen calm, it. relax. We're relaxing as Hoosier fans right now. All right, oh, that's so what we're, we're gonna do. Our fan base, cool. All right, we're gonna calm them down. You you need to calm down too, Dad. You need to calm down. All right, we're gonna sign yeah, off. Those, this those words work well. Four. We're ending it. Dad, you lose tonight. It's two to one, Charlie over Dad. Is that because I gave in? Is that because I gave in? That's why it's two to one. I think I just beat you, man. I don't know what to tell you. But you do know what they say. At, at some point in every game, somebody gives in. And I think maybe you tonight. There's another coach. In I'll them. tell you right now, I would just compete till the end of the day. That's all you can if do. If you were that good of a competitor, you wouldn't have uh, lost halfway through this thing. You would have charged yeah, you, the phone. I think losing signal really really hurt your uh, hurt your compete argument tonight. I don't even know that, but I can see. I'm shutting down. It's been a great night with Coach Nicholson. Coach, thanks so much again for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see everybody on the flip side. Thanks so much for listening to the Charlie and Dad Bod Pod. We hope you'll tune in again next time.